0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can tune in and you can call us with your prayer requests. You can call us with your questions about the Bible. Or anything going on in your life that you'd like to discuss or like to receive biblical counsel on. The whole vision behind this show is to provide a forum for you to connect with pastors uh, here on the air who can pray for your needs along with those who are listening and um, also answer your questions. So maybe you've been reading your Bible and there's something that you've been curious about or not understood or wanted some clarification on. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to hopefully answer those questions for you. So give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We want to welcome everyone listening on Grace FM here in Colorado and into southern Wyoming. We also want to greet those who are listening on Hope FM in pennsylvania new jersey and maryland and we also want to welcome those listening on truth fm in tennessee and north carolina and into parts of kentucky welcome to the program so glad that you're with us and such a blessing to see how god is growing and expanding this uh, family of calvary live listening stations and regions we also have many people who listen online so if you're tuning in online we're glad that you're with us Um, if you haven't yet downloaded The app for Grace FM, it is free. You can get it for your phone. You can get it for your tablet. And you can also just in your laptop browser, you can just go to gracefm.com and you can also listen there right in your browser and you hear all the programs live. And that app for your phone, you know, we have so many people who listen via the app, um, not just in different parts of the United States, but in different parts of the world. We regularly have listeners from Africa, from Europe and from Asia and we're so glad that you guys join us and we're so glad to see how God is, you know, growing this and expanding this ministry and we really hope it's a blessing to you. And if it is, uh do us a favor and tell somebody about it, you know, whether that's sharing online like on your social media or it's just word of mouth to your friends. We would love for more and more people to find out about the good thing we have going here on Calvary Live and on Grace FM. We want to remind you that those of you listening on the East Coast, on Hope FM, and on Truth FM, you are hearing the show on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind. Those of you listening online and those of you listening on Grace FM here in Colorado, you are hearing the show live, and um, we would love to hear from you. So those of you who are listening on one-week delay, you guys kind of have a unique opportunity, In that you can call in and then you get to tell your friends and family to tune in and hear you on the radio the following week. So that might be a great way to turn some people onto the show as well. I just see a a map was just sent to me of where we currently have people listening. Looks like we have listeners up in Washington State, Southern California, a lot here on the Front Range of Colorado. And then up into Nebraska, Kansas, uh, looks like Dallas, Texas, a couple listeners. Um. Like, is that Gary, Indiana over there, Chicagoland area, down into um, the south, we have some listeners, and uh, up on the east coast, New England as well, as South Africa and Ukraine and a few other places. So we're so glad that you guys are tuning in and joining us from all these different areas where we don't even have, um, where we don't have over-the-air receivers for FM, but where you guys are able to tune in wherever you are through the uh, internet as well. So uh, however you've joined us today, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us. And I want to give a special greeting to Edith in Loveland, Colorado. I I received a message today that there is a woman named Edith in Loveland, Colorado, and she sent a message in to Grace FM saying that she listens every day at four o'clock. It's the highlight of her day. So I want to just give you a shout out, Edith. If you are listening, just know that we Love you in the Lord. We appreciate you. And we're so glad that uh, this is a blessing to you. So um, if you are listening, we'd love to hear from you. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like to discuss or ask about. The uh, we, We're also here to take your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at Again, my name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church in Longmont, Colorado. And I am your host here on Calvary Live every Friday, and I sometimes fill in on other days as well. Our church here in Longmont just moved. So for for over 10 years, uh, I've only been the pastor of the church for... Uh, eight years now, but for 10 over 10 years the church had been meeting in the St. Vrain Memorial building right in downtown Longmont So, you know it's part of my normal spiel to tell you guys where our church meets and all that But our church has moved we just moved like uh, two weeks ago And we have not been able to have services yet in our new facility But when we are I'm going to invite all you guys to come and check it out because it's awesome It's amazing been praying that God would open a door for a long time, and he did. And um, we're excited to be in there. We're just kind of chomping at the bit to say, you know, when can we pack this place out and fill it with people? It's a 24,000 square foot building. We have offices for all of our ministries. We have great spaces for our kids, Uh, the kids, and we have a great big youth room where the youth can do worship and, and do that. And then, of course, we've got a great sanctuary and like a cafe area as well. We'd love for you guys to see it, and hopefully that'll be soon. But in the meantime, like many other churches, we are uh, doing our services online. And if you would like to worship with us, you know, the nice thing about this is that um, you can worship with us. You know, if you miss the, the live version of the service, you can actually catch it later on as well because they're all archived on our YouTube channel and our Facebook channel. So if you would like to worship with us online, you can do that. Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com, and we have been uh, doing our services live on both our YouTube channel and on our Facebook page. So our YouTube channel is youtube backslash whitefieldschurch, and our Facebook is facebook.com uh, backslash Whitefields Church. So it should be easy for you to find, but you can also just go to our website and click the links in there. So it says whitefieldschurch.com, and we also have you know the past services. Uh, and what we've been doing for our services is we actually pre-record them, and that way we're able to overlay them with um, worship lyrics, and the sermon has slides in it, just like you would have slides if you were at a church service. And the idea is to really create a worship experience that people can have at their homes and then we what we do is we we broadcast it live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m and people are able to join in and comment and you know it's been really good. It's definitely no replacement for the gathered church. And you know Jesus said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, um, you know we talk about in in Hebrews 1025 it says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. And, and so we see that as we are embodied people made in the image of God, God carries very much about the gathered church. And so this is um, not a replacement for that, but it is certainly nice to have in the meantime and does give us a sense of connection. And, you know, as far as our church goes, we've just been continuing in the same um, in the same stream of of um, series that we had going before. And so. We're in a series right now called By Faith, which we originally planned because of this unique season that we're in as a church, where we're walking by faith, taking a step of faith as a church to move into this new facility, of course, which comes with greater cost, et cetera, but which really raises the the ceiling, raises the roof or or the ceiling on what is possible and creates a, a space that we can really grow in as a ministry and hopefully serve a lot more people. It's given us the opportunity to start a food bank, which is something we have been able to do in the new space. Um, but, you know, as we've been in the season, we thought, well, we should do a series on faith and, uh, actually Pastor Ed Taylor really encouraged me to do that. So we were doing that and then this whole COVID-19 thing came and so it's been even still extremely relevant to our situation and so many people, many of you probably listening are out of work or furloughed from work you know, what does it look like to walk with God by faith in the midst of challenges and difficulties, and why is that important to our walk with Him? That's what we've been looking at in this series. And I'll probably tell you a little bit more about that as we go on, if we have any any time where we don't have callers. But right now we've got two callers, and I want to get to that. So let's go to Anna in Loveland, Colorado. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the program.
3: Hi. How are you doing? Doing great. Good. All right. So basically the story is... um, I have a little sister and a person um sinned against her a while back. Um and that kind of made me see the person who sinned against her in a you know, in a low light. Um and that person has since apologized to her and everything's fine between them, but I realize that I've had this poor opinion of that person in my heart because of it. Um and so I guess my question is, um should i Is this between me and the Lord, um, or should I come to that person and tell them how it felt? Um, I don't know them very well, but should I come to them and tell them how I felt um, and ask for forgiveness, if that makes sense?
0: Yeah, so I think it depends on a few things. So it would be possible that um, while you have held on to some sort of resentment or negative feelings and unforgiveness at some point in your heart towards this person, that they are completely oblivious to it. And if that's the case, then I would say that this is between you and the Lord and I would say keep it there. Because otherwise you're you're stirring up something I think that's unnecessary. But if on the other hand you think this person probably, you know, felt your resentment toward them and you know, felt that your dislike towards them at least for that time, then I think that that would be appropriate. And uh, I remember a few years ago, well, this is many years ago now, it's probably, gosh, 15 years ago, I had someone come up to me and tell me um, that she had been mad at me, or like angry, and, and holding on to resentment for several years at that point. And, you know, my only thought was, wow, like, like I don't want to be insulting, and I didn't tell her this, but... I hadn't even thought about her and the situation or it hadn't even crossed my mind that she was upset and I had not been living with you know any kind of bad feelings at all and in her resentment you know I would have never even known if she would have just kind of let it go and dealt with it before the Lord I wouldn't have ever known and we could have continued our, our relationship you know from my perspective we could have just carried on uh, from where I thought we were but her bringing that up and saying that actually probably i don't know put put more of a barrier for future relationship than it would have if she would have just dealt with it before the lord on the other hand if somebody has been rude to me and i felt that they dislike me i would probably appreciate it if they you know came and apologized so that would be my question kind of in response to you is does this person know that you have had these feelings have they felt it have you made it clear to um, them and if so then yes apologize if not then I would say deal with it between the Lord
3: okay sounds good Yeah, I don't think that she knows um, yeah I don't think she knows so that kind of answers it for me okay
0: and, and I see that you had a prayer request as well
3: yes just a prayer request I went out to Walmart today and just how crazy it's been getting with this uh, coronavirus. I just wanted to pray for the people who work at different places like that
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do that Heavenly Father uh, First of all Lord, I pray for Anna and I thank you for her heart that she wants to be right with you and she doesn't want to hold on to Bitterness and unforgiveness um, or just as she has been forgiven uh, She wants to forgive and I, I thank you for that I, I believe that your grace is That is an evidence of your grace at work in her heart. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Um, Lord, I also pray that you would help her really to forgive this person. And if there has been any kind of problem between them, Lord, restore what has been broken, uh, even if it's only one-sided. And Lord, also, I, I join with Anna in praying and together as a community of listeners, Lord, we pray for... Those who are working in jobs that are essential right now, who don't have the um, opportunity to work from home and who are really on the front lines, but also really doing things that are very helpful for us. So, Lord, we pray for those who work at Walmart. We pray for those who work at King Supers and other grocery stores. Uh, Lord, we pray for those who are driving delivery trucks. And we thank you. In a way, Lord, they are doing your work because they're your tool, your instrument through which you are fulfilling our prayer to give us today our daily bread. And so, Lord, we pray that they would do their work with a sense and uh, that they are doing this work unto you um, as service to other people. And, Lord, I pray that they would understand that they're being used by you in a great way in the world. And, Lord, we ask that you would protect them as they are showing up for work every day, that they would not be getting sick. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Amen. Thank you so much.
0: God bless you, Anna. Thanks for calling in. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. We have... One open line if you want to call in now would be a good time. Let's go to our next caller, Clarissa in Canyon City. Hi, Clarissa. Welcome to the program.
4: Hi. Um, first, I'd like to thank you for being on the air. Um, if my son's listening, uh, hello, <laughs> Mom. And, um, he's uh, kind of hooked up with listening to the radio in jail, and okay. so I'd like some prayer for him uh, if he would. Yeah. Um, he's he's really being discouraged um, moving from rooms to rooms and new cellmates and things. Um, he is listening to the Lord night time he finally gets it. Uh, a positive attitude that he can memorize scripture, stay focused on the word and not the circumstances. Um, and He also has court coming up and he has to do more time in another county. But one of the main... Um, goals in life for him is to get into rehab after jail and not probation so that he can learn a new way of life once he gets out. And uh, it's a a real hard, heavy thing on my heart, of course, for him to be a healthy person. You know, I know God's got, and I want him to know full well that if he keeps focused on on the Lord and his promises and repentance, that he'll get through this.
0: Okay yeah let's do that and you know before we pray, I was just gonna say I didn't um I guess i I should have put two and two together, but I didn't even realize the fact that um, there are people in prison who are able mm-hmm. to listen to our show, and that's probably because they don't usually call in right um, yeah. but but that's really encouraging to know that at least it's encouraging for me to know that as the show is going out, um, mm-hmm. you know one of the things we were worried about was with the stay-at-home order we were concerned whether we would be able to continue doing Calvary Live. Now now mm-hmm. I do it from my house. I have a um, remote set up as do most of the other guys who lead it, but um, Kevin, who's behind the glass right now over in Aurora, uh, he has to go in to run the radio station. So we were um, concerned about that, but we did, we did get an exemption, of course, um, in that stay-at-home order. So We're really glad because we know that there are so many people and it it reminds me that this is a whole other group of people who are um, hearing the show and hopefully being ministered to by it. So let's pray for your son and let's uh, do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Clarissa and we thank you, uh, Lord, that she is helping her son during this time, encouraging him in the ways of you, Lord. And we pray for her son as he is in uh, jail right now. Lord, we pray that he would be tuning in to not just the radio, but Lord, tuning in to your spirit and Lord, being led by you, being taught by your spirit from the word. Lord, we pray that uh, there, wherever he is in jail or that he would be going to Bible studies or that he would be growing and that this would be a, not just a rehabilitation of, you know, behavior, but this would be just a reformation of the heart, Lord this would be really a regenerating work and a renewal that you are doing in him, uh, really helping him to walk in the fullness of the new life that you have called us to uh, in Christ. So Lord, I pray that by your spirit and the power of your spirit, you'd help him to put to death the old man, uh, the old ways of walking away, uh, walking apart from you. And Lord, I pray that you would help him to clothe himself, Lord, with the new life Um, The new man that we are given in Christ, Lord. And so I pray that you would truly do a a deep work in his heart. I pray that he would be healthy in every aspect of his being, body, mind, spirit. Lord, I just pray that you would do a great work in his life. And Lord, that as he is rehabilitated, that he would make great decisions. But but Lord, we think about um, these words that you said, Jesus. What does it benefit a man if they gain the whole world and yet lose their own soul? And Lord, what does it benefit someone if they get released from prison and yet lose their soul? We pray for Clarissa's son, Lord, that he would get both of those things, that he would be released at the right time. But his time in jail, you would have used it to do a deep work in his heart and a work of uh, helping him be a healthy, well person. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
4: Thank you so much, Pastor. Appreciate it. My pleasure.
0: God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. And um, I would love to hear from you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, the text line is 720 336 Zero eight nine seven. Before we go to our next caller, um, I want to tell you about something cool that I've been a part of the last week, and I'm going to be part of for the next week. And so it's a thing online where Calvary Chapel is doing an initiative on the Calvary Chapel Facebook page. So it's Facebook.com/slash. I was just informed by someone that these are not backslashes; these are actual slashes. So sorry about that. But the uh, so it's Facebook.com/slash Calvary Chapel. Very simple. And if you go on there, then uh, you will find that we're doing right now a week of global prayer. And so the idea behind this is called Prayer Around the World. The idea is that every time slot in the 24-hour period will be filled by a uh, Calvary Global Network pastor or leader who is going, going live on Facebook on that page and leading prayer and taking prayer requests. So we did this originally with the idea that we would do it for one week. And I was given the 12 noon time slot here in the mountain time zone. And I, um, you know, at first I was like, man, how am I going to do that? Just like pray into my phone, like knowing that people are watching me pray for an hour. That's going to be really hard. And what has happened instead is that, you know what, it hasn't been hard at all because we've just had so many people tuning in, sending in prayer requests, and it's been like a lifeline for so many people that at any time of the day, they can hop on to the uh, Calvary Chapel Facebook page and they can join the live prayer session that's going on at that time. They can join in praying for other people who are writing their prayer requests in the comments and they can get their prayer requests known and prayed for. And I just want to encourage you to to go over there and check that out. Calvary, so it's facebook.com slash Chapel, and they're doing this week of global prayer on there. And my time slot, so we started our week two, this today, and uh, today Friday, today's again Friday, April 3rd, and uh, it's going to go until Friday, April 10th, and so you can find me on there at one o'clock now. So my time slot got moved from 12 o'clock Mountain Time to one o'clock Mountain Time or wherever that time zone is for wherever you're listening from, uh, for our listeners who are not in. Colorado, or in the Mountain Time Zone. So I'd love for you to join me tomorrow and every day for the rest of the week uh, until next Friday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Calvary Chapel's Facebook page. It's just been a really, really cool ministry. In fact, I was able to lead a woman to the Lord who was, I was praying for people to be saved during this time, and she wrote a comment and said, I would like to be saved. Can you pray with me? And so we did right there on uh, Calvary Chapel's Facebook page. It was glorious and cool, and I just encourage you. This is a time when we can be seeking the Lord together. Let's get, let's get people praying. And and you know what? The other thing I know that happened is that, um, I read an article yesterday from Copenhagen, Denmark, saying that the number of people searching on Google for things related to prayer has just gone through the roof. Which means maybe there are people who haven't prayed in years. Maybe there are people who turned away from God because of some circumstance in their life and now though they're they're being faced with this crisis and with the reality of death just right in our face and they're they're like okay you know what I need to come back to the Lord I need to get right with the Lord I need to seek the Lord again God's doing a good work in this difficult time and I just encourage you to be sharing those prayer videos let let people know about this opportunity that Calvary Chapel is doing to pray it's a really cool and glorious thing and I, um, I really encourage you. Let's be praying, and let's, uh, and I, I invite you to join me over on facebookcom slash Chapel tomorrow and every day through April 10th at 1 p.m. for live prayer. Send me your prayer requests. I'd love to pray for them. Let's go to our next caller, Elise in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Elise. Welcome to the program.
5: Thank you. How are you today? Doing great. Good. Um, so I was told I have a fairly large question for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, um, my question is the story of Balaam, okay. and it, it's in Numbers, mm-hmm. and I believe it starts around like chapter twenty-two,
1: twenty-three. Okay.
5: Um, I've noticed that this, I read the story and I thought I understood it, but I think I'm missing something because it's been referred to a couple other times and it was referred to in revelation two. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just missing what happened. Like, where's the deception?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a heads up that we are going to our break right now in just like. 60 seconds. So I'll start answering your question. And if you're willing to hang on with me through the break, then I will be able to kind of finish it. I do do think it is a bit of a big question. I don't think it's, I don't think it's too difficult though. I think we're going to be able to handle this, but um, I might have to have you hold through the break if you're willing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so what exactly is your question? I mean, just to give people a a roundup Mm -hmm. of the story, right? Bring us all on the same page, yeah, so Numbers 22 through 24, we read about Balaam. Here's a few things to know about Balaam, okay. is that Balak is the king of Moab. Now, who are who are the people of Moab? That's present-day Jordan, and the people who live there are called the Moabites, and they live to the north of a people called the Edomites. The Edomites were the descendants of, I'm sorry, I think the Edomites are actually in the north. The Moabites are in the south. I'll have to check on that, but... Um, either way, the Edomites are the descendants of Esau, right, who are kind of, you know, Esau and Jacob. So these are mm-hmm. sons of Isaac. So they're, they're kind of like cousins of the uh, Jewish people, and yet they've, they've kind of gone their own way. So the, the Moabites, though, are people who sometimes Israel fights with. And there are actually times when they didn't really fight with Moab very much relative to the fact that Moab was always kind of right there on the other side of the Jordan. They didn't fight with him very much. There were at least two times, though, that they did. So, so we've come up to our break, and I'm going to continue answering your question about Balaam when we get back. And uh, if you have a question, you'd like to call in, give us a call 303-690-3000 with your questions about the Bible and prayer requests. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today uh, taking your calls, your texts, uh, your questions about the Bible, your prayer requests, I'd love to hear from you. Give me a call, 303 690 3000, or text us, 720 336 0897. Hey, let's go back to our last caller, and we were talking about Balaam. So, Elise, you there?
5: I'm here, yeah.
0: Great. Okay, so we were just kind of given some you know, basic information on the study, uh, or sorry, on the, the question of Balaam and who he is. Okay, so important to know moab right which was a neighbor of israel kind of a rival but they weren't like as uh, as much of like a hated rivalry as some of the other nations perhaps that israel dealt with it wasn't such a heated rivalry um but you can see it was even even in this whole balaam story it's almost like a little bit passive aggressive the way that they go about doing things um so there's this kind of maybe cold war type status between these nations um So Balaam is a prophet. Now, this is what's interesting, right? So many, this seems kind of like, wow, this doesn't necessarily fit in my uh, grid for how things work, right? So Balaam is a prophet. He is a wicked prophet, but he's not a false prophet, which is, again, interesting. Um, He does hear from God, and God actually does give him some true prophecies to speak, and yet his heart is not right with God. And so here's what Balak, the king of Moab, kind of like hires Balaam, kind of like a mercenary uh, prophet, which is crazy that there even is such a thing. And so he hires him to go and speak uh, prophecies of curse, like cursing prophecies over the nation of Israel. And so Balaam agrees to do this. And he goes there and he's trying to curse Israel, and every time he opens his mouth to pronounce a curse, God transforms that curse into a blessing, and God even tells Balaam, you may not put a curse on these people because they are blessed, and so what happens at the end of the story, Balaam ends up getting rebuked by his donkey, which is, you know, where the famous whole thing is, like God even spoke through a donkey, right, Um, Now, of course, that's not God's preferred way of speaking, but it means that, hey, God can speak through even a donkey, and that means that he could even speak through you. He could use a person like you or me as well, which is encouraging. Now, um, finally, what happens in the story, and I think this is a huge part of the message of the story, God will not curse his people, and yet Balaam figures out, okay, God's not going to let me curse this people, or God will not curse his own people, but... I can lead the people into folly and error where they will essentially bring a curse upon themselves through the repercussions of their actions. So if that makes sense, what he does is he the goes in and he gets the people of Israel to intermarry with um, pagan women. And those pagan women, not, not that they're women, that is the issue is that they're pagans. The people of Israel were forbidden from intermarrying with pagans lest their hearts be drawn away from the Lord, lest they be unequally yoked. So they end up um, getting together, hooking up with these uh, pagan ladies, and many of their hearts are drawn away from the Lord, and in doing so, they essentially bring a curse upon themselves. So I think that one of the big, you know, there's a couple big takeaways from this. Uh, Number one, there are people who can hear from God, even if their hearts are not right with God. God can speak through people who are imperfect and who are even not right with him. Um, God can even speak through a donkey. Then we see, of course, this great lesson that God will not curse his people. And yet we can bring a curse upon ourselves through the repercussions of our actions. So what what questions do you have that I can answer from the story?
5: Wow. <laughs> um I don't have any now. Okay. Thank you. That's, um, it it, what, it was a little confusing because of, I like the one you described it kind of like a passive aggressive response. Like that's, it's kind of sneaky, the whole story. And yeah, I, I just, I've had, there, it's been coming up a lot in readings and things for me. So I felt like and I wasn't understanding it, and I felt like God put it on my heart to try to understand it. Great. So I don't have any questions now. Now all the other chapters that have referenced it make
0: sense. So cool. I, yeah. I,
5: I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, maybe
0: maybe go back and read the story, you know, with some of these details in mind. And I think that, that maybe it'll bring even some more clarity. So
5: I'm going to read it right now. I have, I have my Bible open. <laughs> so awesome. thank you.
0: You bet. Glad I could help. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you and talk with you and hopefully answer your questions. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303 690 or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Daisy in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Daisy. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Nick. What can I do for you?
6: Um, so, so I have had um, problems with shoplifting, like... Um, here and there throughout like my teenage years and then even like all throughout my adult years and I'm gonna be thirty eight in a few days so like uh I I um I was saved uh, like two years ago um and even after I got saved I would still stop listening and um up until like Seven months ago, and um, so I got right with God. Uh, you know, I, um, I, you know, I said I, I promised I wasn't going to do it anymore, and 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 I didn't. But now I have a house full of stuff that I that I shoplifted, um, and even like clothes that I wear are still stuff that I've stolen. Um, I felt like Okay, I'll just donate this stuff or give it to people that I know, and and that will, you know, uh, then some good will come out of it. And uh, and now I'm realizing and looking at it, and I'm realizing that that was wrong. Like for me to give it to them, I think that that is almost like that. I think that them receiving it is actually maybe cursing them. Um, I know the only reference that I can find in the Bible, besides the 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 guy at the very end um, uh, who Jesus took to, to paradise uh, with him, um, is the one that he forgave when the guy uh, gave everything back. But there's no way I could give everything back because it it went on for so long from so many different places, mm-hmm. and I've uh, I just I don't know what to do
0: yeah. with it. Yeah, that's that's tough. Here's here's what a few things that I would tell you. I think that um, it's good that you want to do something because I think that repentance, true repentance, always results in actions. And um, I can understand why you would be so torn about this. I have a, a good friend in um, New Jersey, in Newark. And when he got saved, he had been selling drugs, and so he had, you know, like thirty thousand dollars. Uh, in money that he had made from doing drugs and he he wanted to get rid of it and so he ended up going and giving it to a church you know I think that that's an okay thing to do and I'll tell you why is because like you said if you if you're at the place where you can't return it I think for first of all I think that if you can return things and uh, just apologize and I think that's a very powerful testimony and I think that most retailers would just Happily receive it and not, uh, you know, try to get you in trouble uh, after that. But I think that if you're not able to do that, I think the best thing you can do is really just get rid of that stuff and, and give it to people who are going to put it to use. And, um, you know, one of the stories that comes to my mind is the story of, um, oh, what's his name? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, remember the story of Zacchaeus? He was a, um, tax collector. And the story is that uh, Jesus says to him, you know, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come into your house today. And he doesn't really say much else to him. And then Zacchaeus, you know, he's so blown away and he, he's obviously like his ear is turned towards Jesus. He's climbing up in this tree so that he can hear and see Jesus. And then he has this this moment of repentance where he says, you know, what? I've I've extorted money from people. And I gave that money back, and in some cases I gave back more than what I had extorted from people. And Jesus says to him, Truly salvation has come to this house today. Now what does that mean? Does that mean that the guy is saved now because of giving money back? No, I don't think so. I think that he's referring to salvation in a temporal aspect. In other words, this person was in bondage to this thing kind of like what you're describing where it's like even after you were saved there was this addiction almost to shoplifting and he says that um, salvation or I would put it this way liberation freedom from this bondage this addiction has come to this man's house today so first of all that's a sign that he truly is saved but it's also uh, something that as he's giving those things away he's he's letting go of that things control over him and So I would just encourage you, I don't think that you're going to bring a curse on anybody by giving them those things. I think that God is able to even redeem that which has been bad in the past. So if the people or the retailers that you stole those things from are not able to receive them back, I would encourage you, donate them to a church, a ministry, whatever those items are. Somebody who can put them to good, godly use in the life of somebody. And I believe that God will redeem you know even things that have been stolen uh for his purposes and for his glory and i think that there's there's a lot of good in that and so i would i would just encourage you um to do that and i i want to pray for you that this whole sense of guilt and the sense of shame would just be lifted from you and i i really hope that you have a real tangible sense of god's love for you of god's forgiveness of god's acceptance for you in christ right so he took the punishment, the shame as well for the things that you have done, the things that I've done. He bore that on the cross so that when God looks at us, he could see us in Christ as blameless. And I, I really hope that you embrace that by faith because it's true.
6: You know, I um, when you talk about that story of the tax collector, that's the same example that I was that I was thinking of of my for myself is. Because I was watching the Passion of the Christ, and they talked, uh, that story is in there, and I remember him saying, "I'm gonna uh, not just sell and sell half of my belongings and give that away. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell more than half of my belongings and give that to the poor." And um, and I thought to myself, you know, then there's not a, really a difference between if his money was. Stolen, basically, stolen money. So there's not much of a difference between stolen money and stolen things. Um, you know, it's uh, you know, when I look online, though, it tells you know it says it says different. But um, yeah, it, I I have a lot of I I do have a lot of stuff that I can turn back. to turn back to the stores, and these stores aren't open, and so It's
0: Oh right. It's, it's,
6: you know, and so it's
0: it's like, uh, yeah, that's, they that's really they will be me, open but... at some point in the future. So either you hold on to those things and give them back when they are open, or I would say you you just you know repent, turn turn that over to the Lord, and then give those items to people who can who can do it. You know, I do think it is a good idea to try to um, go into those places and, and seek some cor- sort of, uh, reconciliation or, or at least apologize. You know, maybe you just talk to a manager and say, Hey, I did this and I want you to know that I'm sorry. And, uh, any, any time that you can do that, I think that that's going to be really good and also a really good testimony because if you walk in there and say, Hey, I have given my life to Jesus and now I need you to know that I've sinned in the past and I'm not going to anymore. Um, gosh, guess what? There's probably nobody else doing that. And that's, you know, they're going to remember that for the rest of their life that that somebody walked into their store and said, hey, I gave my life to Jesus and now I need to give you this stuff back. So very powerful uh, testimony that you could have. So I, I encourage you to do that and just let's let the Lord lead you. But I don't think you need to be worried about um, cursing people. But I also think that, you know, you could uh, dedicate those things to the Lord, and he would redeem that. So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for Daisy in, here in Longmont, and I pray, Lord, that you would bless her. I pray that, uh, thank you, Lord, that she's given her life to you, that she is asked, Lord, to be set free from these things which formerly held her in bondage, because she wants to serve you alone as Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that you would set her free from any sense of guilt, any sense of shame, over her past life. And Lord, I pray you would set her free from this addiction to um, shoplifting. And I pray, Lord, that you really give her true freedom from that. Like Zacchaeus, she could you know, have those words spoken of her, that truly salvation has come to this house today. And, and Lord, I pray you guide her in how to make right the things in the past, what to do with those items. And Lord, I pray that you would lead her, but it would just, as she's giving them back, they would just be such an honoring thing, even such a worshipful thing as she's following you and doing that uh, for your name's sake and letting other people see your light in her. I pray that you would get much glory. And Lord, I pray that she would just have a great sense of forgiveness, a great sense of love and grace as she does this. In Jesus' name, amen.
6: Thank you, Nick. Um, can I just say one thing uh, in, um, about what the Holy Spirit did when I repented um, for shoplifting several months ago?
0: Sure. Yeah. We've got two more callers. So, uh, I okay, can give I'll you a couple it really minutes. Fast. Yeah. But the, um, the
6: night I recanted, um...
0: Oh, I think we lost you actually. Yeah. I think we lost you. I'm really sorry. Cause I was looking forward to hearing that story. Um, they yeah, if you can call back and I'm not sure if you have a microphone or something, but something's clicking on your phone, but if you call back and we have time, I'd love to get you back on. Uh, sorry that that cut out. And, um, yeah, sorry about that. So let's go to our next caller, David in Denver, Colorado. Hi, David. Welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Pastor hey. Nick. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. What's up? Um,
2: well, I, I basically just called for prayer for our uh, for my marriage and my family. Um, we're currently in a separation. Mm-hmm. And um, I still want to be married, and I still want to have our family. Um, but my wife um, is severely conflicted, and I think she's, uh, she, at times, she demands uh, that we be divorced. And at times, um, she's a lot more joyful. But um, I'm I'm focusing in, on the Ephesians 5.25 that says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Um, that scripture to me, um, me, uh, I'm interpreting it as, um, you know, you should uh, give up yourself, change your ways, you know, sacrifice for her and and uh, for the betterment of the of the uh, of the of the marriage. Um, but then part of me was looking at that scripture and saying. Uh, do I actually um, give up the marriage, like give himself up? Do I give up what I actually want? Because I'm the one who more so wa- wants the marriage. She demands that she doesn't want the marriage. So do I give her what she wants or do I continue to try to love and, and change? And, and, I'm you know, I'm basically trying to hold out as long as I can um, before there's, you know, any infidelity or anything like that, I don't think there has been um,
0: yeah, kind of the um, question like if you if you love you kind of if you love her, let her go type thing um yeah, so you know that whole idea of you know if you love her, let her go i I really don't think that that is a very biblical concept when it comes to marriage um in the Bible, especially you know for Christians, I don't think that that is. The case look here's the deal that uh, if she leaves you Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 that if you have an unbelieving spouse and the unbelieving spouse abandons you or abandons the marriage then let them go um, but I don't know if she's doing that like I, I don't know you know if she's if she's gonna go and do that on her own apart from you then she's gonna do it right? And if she doesn't, then you have to let her go. Um, at that point, I would say, you know, if she actually does it, then I think you have your answer very black and white. But until she does it, I think you also have a pretty straightforward response, which is, I agree with you. Ephesians 5.25, continue loving her, continue serving her um, like Jesus. You know, you think about like the story of Hosea. Marrying a woman who was um, a woman of adultery, he at one point, and I believe it's uh, the beginning of the third chapter, right? He actually goes out and finds her in someone else's bed and brings her home. And uh, that's just so tragic. It's hard to even comprehend. It even says like I believe it says that he took his children with him to go and find her in the middle of the night, which is horrible. And yet, that's a picture of how God loves. So if you want to know how God loves a wife who doesn't love him back, uh, then read Hosea. But on the other hand, there is this sense of like, okay, at one point, if she abandons you and she moves on, and, um, and then I think you have your answer there as well. So I think it's it's pretty clear. Keep loving her. Keep advocating for and fighting for the marriage. I don't think that you should just let her go because uh, she keeps saying she wants it. If she wants it, then uh, she's going to have to do it because you're not going to help her, is what I would say. And uh, I'll just pray for you to do that. And you know, a- until the marriage breathes its last breath, I would encourage you to continue advocating for it and keep fighting for it because until that point, I believe that she's still your wife. So let me pray for you that uh, God would give you wisdom and strength, because I'm sorry, this is, a, this is a hard situation. So Heavenly Father, I pray for David, and I pray for his wife, and I pray, Lord, that you would help him to love her well, even during this time where she is not um, very receptive to it, where she's not very much wanting to continue the relationship. But we pray that you give him a lot of wisdom, discernment with how to love her in the right way during this time. And Lord, I pray for their marriage. I pray that we would be hearing from David in the near future um, with him calling in and giving us a testimony of how you restored and saved their marriage and are doing a beautiful work in their hearts. So Lord, I pray for David, give him wisdom, give him strength, and uh, and help him to love even when it's one-sided. And I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. amen. David, Thank God you bless you. And, uh, and I do want to hear an update in the future, Okay.
2: I'll I'll keep that in mind. I
0: will. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye bye. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. We've come up near the end of our show. but We have time for one more call. Let's go to Peter in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the program.
1: Hey. Thanks. Hey. I just got a real quick question. It's an Old Testament question, and it's more from man's perspective, not God's, because you know I think God puts up with a lot of stuff that men do, men do. But anyway, so my quick question is is about um, polygamy and concubines. And it seems like in the beginning, Genesis 2.18, it was uh, singular when he says that, you know, that uh, so the man's alone, he makes a helper suitable for him. And then Genesis 2.24 is that man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, which is singular. But by the time you get to Genesis 17, it might be before that. But you have Abraham and Sarah, and um, it, it kind of, you know, he, I guess he, when he takes on the concubine, Um and then, you know, Jacob had four wives, and then King Solomon and King David. It just seems that—I don't understand that, you know, the Ten Commandments said you should not commit adultery. And how did the, Jew, the Jewish people, you know, the leadership, I guess, um, get around having multiple wives and concubines?
0: Yeah, so the way they got around it was just that they were following the custom of their time rather than following the principle which God had given them. And, I mean, that is— universally applicable to all times in history, right? That—that That is something, well, you know, this is what everybody's doing. And well, you know, God didn't specifically say you can't have multiple wives. Now, here's the thing. Um, people have asked this a lot, you know, uh, does the Bible ever actually prohibit polygamy? Or how about this one? Does the Bible ever actually prohibit sex before marriage? And some people would say, oh, well, you know, um, the Bible never says you can't, you have to be married before you can have sex, nor does the Bible ever say you can't have more than one wife, at least in the Old Testament, right? Well, okay, you got to understand something about the Bible, that the Bible doesn't only teach um, things and moral moral principles through what it says expressly, do this, don't do that. Much of the Bible is teaching us these things through stories and through implications Right, that we are able to derive from the stories. So let me give you a few examples. You're absolutely right, by the way, that a principle is given in Genesis chapter 1 and in chapter 2 about a man leaving, You know about marriage, first of all, about the purpose of marriage, about the design for marriage, and then um, it goes on. And so what we see also from, from the Bible is that every example of plural marriage or polygamy Ends in disaster. There's never a good example, right? So look at Abraham. How did that turn out for him? It was a disaster. Then his son marries two women. Or, sorry, his son marries one woman. His grandson, Jacob, marries two women. How did that turn out? Awful. Terrible. It resulted in so many bad things. Uh, Everybody gets hurt in the situation. Rebecca's hurt. Leah's hurt. The children are hurt. Everybody. Right. So it's bad for everybody. Then you go on and you read things like in first Kings 11, where it says he had 700 wives, princesses and 300 concubines and his wives turned away his heart. OK, that's Solomon. Right. He, he had all these wives. But was it OK? Well, clearly, the Bible says it was not OK. Uh, first of all, it was not according to God's design. He was following the custom of the ancient world rather than following God's prescription and it leads to disaster in his life and of course in the lives of so many other people. And then you go into the New Testament and you see that you can't not be a leader in God's church if you have more than one wife. Right? And then, you know, you get into all these things. And so, you know, sometimes if you're if you're always looking for things, which I don't think that you are, by the way, as a listener, I'm just saying in general, if you're always looking for well, the Bible well, technically, right, using anytime you hear yourself say that word. You're probably in weird ground because anytime you're like, well, technically the Bible doesn't say don't have multiple wives. What? Okay, clearly the Bible teaches in principle that multiple wives is not God's design and it leads to tragedy and disaster. Therefore, don't do it. You know, same with like having, you know, having sex outside of marriage. Well, there is such a word called fornication in the Bible. But people say, well, technically it doesn't address this or that. Well, you know, people say the same thing like here in Colorado, right? They always say, well, you know, technically the Bible doesn't say don't smoke marijuana. Well, yeah, you're right. It also doesn't say uh, don't smoke Marlboro, Marlboro Reds because Marlboro Reds didn't exist at that time. And and yet we can we have to read in the principles and apply the principles fairly in, in a way where we're not just looking for loopholes. We're not just looking for excuses to do whatever we want. So anyway, I just say that to say, Peter, I, I think the the answer to your question is this how did they get from god's principle to having multiple wives in the old testament they got it by following the custom of their day and that should be a huge warning for us in our time that we live in that we should not follow just the customs and the culture of our day. We need to go back to God's word and follow the principles that he clearly lays out. Hey, thank you for Peter and God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. My name's Pastor Nick Cady. Check us out, whitefieldschurch.com and I'll be with you again next week. Have a great evening and a blessed weekend, uh, Palm Sunday weekend. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.